Words on Whiskey is proudly brought to you by Irish Whiskey Magazine, the independent publication dedicated to sharing authentic insights into the exciting world that is Irish Whiskey. Please support our podcast and magazine by visiting irishwhiskeymagazine.com. Good evening, everybody. You're very welcome to episode 35 of Words on Whiskey. And we have a very special show and feel very privileged to be able to bring this show to you this evening. Wherever everybody's from, you're all very welcome. We hope you're keeping safe and well. And thank you for joining us on, on what promises to be a, an epic voyage. This is the maiden voyage of something rather special, very genuine and very authentic. And I'm delighted to have been given the privilege of actually sharing this with you so our guest this evening is Carl O'Grady. Carl, good evening. Good evening, Sergius. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And well, uh, yeah, I'm a big, uh, big uh, fan of the show. As I told you before, I love, I love uh, the work you've done. But uh, thanks so much for for helping us today and in, in launching Care Island Single Malt and our brand and our website. Yeah, so it's a big day for us. So thank you. Well, you might not be thanking me. <laughs> you might not be a big fan of the show after this, but hopefully, hopefully, you still, hopefully, you still will be. So, where are you actually? Are, are you out west? You're out west at the moment. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I look when I look out my window here in daylight. I'm looking over on Clare Island. That uh, I'm living just outside of Lewisburg, right beside Runa Harbour, where you get the ferry to the island. I uh, I married uh, a girl from Duck McKeown here, uh, just right beside the harbour. Uh, and uh, so I moved uh, out. I live here for the winter time uh, for a couple of months in the winter, and then I'm on the island running the business in the in the in this for six seven months a year. So I've kind of a between the two. But today I'm on in Lewisburg, uh, looking out on the an angry sea. Yes, yeah, I'm sure that's a common sight as well, an angry sea over there. Oh, absolutely, yeah, the wild Atlantic. Just to set the scene, then, Carl, you are from Clare Island, which is based off the west coast of Mayo. You manage the ferry service there between Runa and Clare Island Harbour, and you have the, the O'Grady Ferry Service that you look after, and then you have a couple of businesses on the island as well. Yeah, my family's tradition on Clare Island is the ferry service. My great-grandfather um, took it over from his brother in about 1890 um, after Austin moved to the States with his family. And uh, so John took it over and uh, it's been in the family ever since. And uh, I worked in it as, as a child um, through the years with my, my dad, Chris, uh, we took it over, obviously, from his father. And now he's passed it on to Alan and Brian, my two brothers who run the service now. And uh, I help them uh, whenever whenever I can and uh, help them on the business side of things. But it's it's their baby mainly now. But it's a, it's a family tradition. Seamanship has been in, in the, the family for well over 100 years. Um, so, yeah, but for me, at the moment, I run a Sailor's Bar and Restaurant and Go Explore Hostel on Clare Island. And uh, that's just right beside the harbour, uh, uh, just above the beach. And uh, we look down onto the harbour area and, uh, yeah, uh, we run a seasoned business there from 
you know, April, May till uh, September, October each year. Yeah, it's it's quite busy. Uh, you know, it's it's um, quite a, a busy little spot, I suppose. When pre pre COVID times, <laughs> pre COVID time. Yeah. So, I mean, did you were you born on the island and grew up on the island? Went to school on the island? Or yeah, my mother uh, was from Westport, and my dad is from the island. So we were kind of between the two. We used to spend uh, certain times myself and my brothers and sisters in Westport uh, in winter at school. And then in the summers, we'd be working on the island. And myself and my brothers then went to boarding school in Chum in, in St. Jarlitz. Um, so, yeah, we were kind of, for uh, some of the other kids then went to, to Lewisburg. So a good mix of around the bay. Yeah. yeah. And what was it like growing up on an island? Uh, I mean, it's a small population. What is it? Less than 200 people on the island? Yeah, it's about 150 now, roughly. Um, mm-hmm. It's an amazing experience growing up on an island. There's no, actually, there's absolutely no better place in the world for, for to grow up as a child. Uh, there's just nowhere better. It, it's a very safe environment. You know everybody and everybody knows you. It's a, it's a kind of strange feeling. You, you mightn't see people in the wintertime sometimes for a few days. Well, a day or two, you know, you, you might be doing your own thing, but you never feel alone on an yeah. island because you know everybody's got your back and uh, it's it's very different you know I, li- I worked yeah. in Dublin I lived up there in Dublin uh, for a few years uh, working as a QS and uh, I have to say in the middle of millions of people uh, in, in the city uh, <laughs> you often feel alone uh, sure. it's incredible and then you're on an island with very few people on it and you never feel alone it's very different it's an unusual feeling but uh uh, yeah, it's it's quite special. Every part of it, I have to say, has been yeah. positive and I love it to bits. Well, we had Jim McEwen on there a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about the island community and the community spirit that exists on an island. And I'm sure yeah. it's very similar there on, on Clare Island. Oh, completely, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 a, it's wonderful. There's a wonderful community on the island. Everybody works together, uh, mostly. It's some people you don't get along with, but <laughs> that's like, the name like of any place, like any, any place. place. But uh, it, uh, no matter what, though, uh, when the chips are down, they're, they're always there to help you, and um, and, and that's uh, that's really what matters at the end of the day. And, and yeah. uh, it's it's a very very special place. There's no no yeah. doubt. Well, there's a photo there, and the the island looks absolutely yeah. stunning. The ferry service from Mayo. It's a twenty minute. Ferry crossing, is it? That's right, yeah. You get the ferry from Runa Pier, uh, just outside Lewisburg, and uh, 20, 20 minutes on, on the big boat. You know, it's it's uh, short in comparison to some of the islands. Our neighbouring island in Ishtark is, uh, you know, 50 minutes to, to 55 minutes. It's a bit further out. Clare Island is supposed to sit right in the mouth of Clue Bay. It's uh, it's kind of close to Achilles. In the Clue Bay is a horseshoe. And uh, Clare Island sits smack bang in the, in, the, in the mouth of it, almost like a guardian to the bay. Uh, yeah. So it's quite close to Ackle Island and it's yet it's quite close to Lewisburg and uh, the beaches around Lewisburg and Crow Patrick. I mean, when you're sitting in Sailor's Bar and you're looking across or even on the beach in Clare Island, you're looking across the bay at Crow Patrick, uh, the pilgrimage, Ireland's pilgrimage mountain, which is very distinctive. And then you've got the 12 bends in the distance, Mwilra Mountain, which is the highest mountain in Connacht. And just around the corner, then you have the Killery Fjord and the Inner Bay. Then you've got the, the Drumlin Islands. There's about 100 Drumlin Islands in, in the Inner Bay. So and all the way around to Ackle, Newport, Westport. It's, uh, it's quite a panoramic view, a wonderful location. We're, we're blessed to, 
we're blessed really. Um, and then obviously our, our neighboring island in Ishturk is just up the way from us and yeah, a great community of people up there too that we get on quite well with. So, uh, yeah. Has the Wild Atlantic Way, the promotion of the Wild Atlantic Way played a big impact on the, the tourism now in the island? Um, I think so, yeah, uh, of course. I think the Wild Atlantic Way has been a huge success um, story. Uh, I think it's um, probably, uh, you know, it's been competed against well now with Ancient East and, and Dublin and the the Heartlands and all of these wonderful brands that are around. I mean, Ireland as a destination for me is just an incredible place. My wife asked me where you want to go for a break yeah. at the end of the season. <laughs> I don't want to stop on a plane. Do you know? I just want to. Yeah. I just want to head south, head north, head head everywhere and be amongst yeah. uh, Irish people. And and uh, it's it's just a cracking cracking place. But the Wild Atlantic Way is a huge success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we 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 it's a very positive impact on our on the numbers coming to the island. And as a brand, uh, it kind of sets, um, I don't know how you'd explain it, it sets a, a precedence for us all, uh, whereas we all aspire to be something better, I think. And that's one of the defining, yeah. uh, I think, uh, advantages to, to the brand. I think people people all want to be associated with it and people want to uh, improve their businesses and their offering. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's a testament to the success of it, you know. The tourist season obviously has been decimated this year. What's the the long term and, and short term effects of COVID being on on the island? Um, uh, well, I suppose from a business point of view, of course, um, it, it's had a massive impact socially. Uh, obviously, most important, uh, you know, of course, it's had had an impact. I'm sure, um, you know. People on the island have have felt uh, protected from it, uh, from the COVID for for quite some time. But then there was a, a minor outbreak on Clare Island that they got through quite quite uh, quite well, and nobody uh, badly badly um, affected by it. But um, so socially, yeah, it's had a it's had an impact. Uh, but I think it, people have uh, braved their way through it quite well, and looking forward to the end from a business point of view. Yeah, it's cost, you know, it's cost us money. It's cost us a lot of money. Uh, you know, it's just debt that we have to kick out to the end of our loans. And uh, But in fairness, um, you know, we, we've the, the supports that have been put in place from government and from the council, the, the rates and, you know, uh, every little bit has helped. And, sure. Uh, so we're all sharing the we're all sharing the load, you know. Uh, obviously, we're, we're taking on extra debt ourselves, but also we, we have been supported. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a government level as well. So, yeah, looking forward to getting through it. It's not too far away. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed, um, you know, May, uh, June, uh, we'll, we'll open. And please, God, for the last time, we'll be forced to close. This will be our last closure, as God, forcibly. So, uh, okay. yeah, looking forward, looking forward, positively uh, looking forward. The season is looking very strong. Uh, we've yeah. got a lot of uh, bookings in. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. So, I mean, the island is small. It's 16 kilometers squared, but it's quite mountainous and there seems to be a lot to do. There's certainly many sites. Yeah. This is uh, this is one of them. So you gave me the pronunciation of this earlier. Gronje Whale Castle. Gronje Whale, yeah. Gronje Whale's Castle. Grace O'Malley, yeah. She, she was a famous uh, 15th uh, century pirate. Uh, that uh, her, she was born and reared on Clare Island, but she, she expanded around Clue Bay 
quite a, an incredible woman. Her, her story is, uh, I suppose, becoming more prominent as time goes on. Uh, uh, but uh, in, in a time of male-dominated world, she, she, uh, she uh, was chieftain of uh, clan and quite incredible. But uh, that's her castle. And, yeah. um, you know, the anchorage for, for Clare Island Whiskey is literally sitting right on where she would have anchored her ships back then. Quite cool. Uh, we're working, uh, there's a tourism group on Clare Island, uh, or Clare Island or Grace O'Malley Restoration Group. We're trying to get that castle renovated and uh, it's been led by Ellen O'Malley. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're working towards that. Um, but uh, yeah. And this is the, the lighthouse that was built in 1808 and only closed. I mean, it ran for 159 years. And that's where you are on the map, just in yeah. case any of our viewers haven't actually been there or know the area. So very West Coast on the wide Atlantic Way. And this is the lighthouse. It's been restored as a, a, a B&B. It's operated as a and b now. That's right. Um, it was uh, a fantastic story um, to, the, to the lighthouse. My, my grandfather or my, my uncle, Jackie, my father, before that uh, was servicing and my grandfather used to bring the, the supplies up to the lighthouse to keep it going, to the, the, the keep the candle lit. And uh, they used to bring it from Runa into the island and uh, carry it up by cart. Uh, but my, my uncle Jackie then uh, was the last lighthouse keeper in, in, in the, uh, the lighthouse. And he was actually the man who turned it off because across the bay, uh, a new lighthouse was set up because a, a lower down, uh, the, the Clare Island lighthouse is actually quite high and they found in fog uh, it, it was less effective. But it was bought over uh, a number of years ago by a German man, uh, Gustav Fischer, uh, who lovingly invested, uh, you know, significant money to bring it back to its uh, current state, and uh, quite a quite a beautiful place, and uh, you know, I- iconic uh, the mega cliffs as I call them. It sits right on top, of looking at, looking across out into the wild Atlantic. It's it's quite a place. But um, we, we've partnered up with the lighthouse uh, as part of our experience. We'll talk about that later on, but. Uh, uh, it's an exciting, an exciting partnership. But uh, yeah, beautiful place. Definitely on my bucket list now. Anyway, so. <laughs> and this is the um, this is the monastery now. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about the monastery and what you discovered in in there yeah. and how the brand the, links in. The abbey has become a, a very central part uh, of our of our story. Um, um, it's a 12th century Cistercian abbey and. Um, I think uh, in the 90s, well, it's from the 80s and 90s, uh, um, the OPW uh, worked with uh, a German specialist to uh, bring the paintings, the frescoes, back to life. And uh, he, he literally lay, I, I think of uh, Michelangelo or whichever one of them lads that did the Sistine, uh, Sistine Chapel. Uh, he spent so long on his back bringing these paintings back to life. And uh, an incredible bit of work, a credit to the, to the OPW and, and the people involved. But the, the, the ceiling um, has a number of symbol, or symbols uh, on it, uh, I suppose, that would be pagan, uh, some, some pa- pagan symbolism. And uh, as you see there, um, uh, the, 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 the phoenix, the, the dragon, the, and this one in the bottom in particular is a, a, what we would say is a body-sharing beast, um, you can see the the back. Uh, there's actually another uh, half of him that is weared away, but he he shares uh, three tails, and it's like a fox, but it's more of a, a, a I suppose a, a serpent of some type. 
But I suppose there was a lot of questions. Part of the Royal Irish Academy's uh, survey of the Abbey, uh, which was a very detailed um, bit of work, uh, you know, the lady that did it um, had, uh, I suppose, her conclusion on it was that there, the, you know, why are there pagan symbolism on the ceiling of a, of a Christian Abbey? Um, you know, you know, there, there's a code to be to be deciphered. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, questions left unanswered uh, around the Abbey, and uh, uh, we're I suppose uh, working uh, on trying to uh, help people decipher, let themselves decipher uh, what yeah. they see. But it's uh, quite a special place. It's also the burial place. Well, the burial place of Grace O'Malley. So it has huge local uh, significance, cultural significance, and. Uh, uh, mythical uh, significance too. Um, uh, so a wonderful place. And so they, again, they date place. back to they date back to when, Carl? Those images uh, post twelfth uh, post century. Um, okay. Post twelfth century. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful place to just uh, go and and uh, spend a bit of time uh, in silence, really, uh, yeah. which uh, will, will again form part of the experience uh, as we'll talk about later. And, and this is uh, the premises that you have the Sailor's Bar on. This is yours, and what a spectacular view. Uh, I can yeah. imagine on a beautiful summer's uh, evening, sitting out there having a, a nice dram or two and some nice fresh fish, a few lobster Absolutely. maybe. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, yeah, a be- beautiful location uh, uh, when the weather is nice and also when it's, uh, when it's fer- ferocious and... I remember before I did the place up over uh, on uh, there used to be an old single pane glass on that uh, when I was a kid. And my, my dad built this place originally in, ni- in 1962 as a hotel, and uh, he himself and my mum ran it as a hotel for many years until I took it over. But I remember as a kid uh, sitting. It's just when you, <laughs> I'm looking at the picture now, I, I, I remember it. It was a hurricane way back can't remember exactly but a boat got stuck out near old head on Clara out the bay from us and another boat a big trawler called the honeybee from Ackle uh, went out to rescue uh, the boat and I remember having my face pushed up against the the pane of glass and the glass was waving in at me I could <laughs> I can still remember it coming in and out like this and how it didn't break but my my jaw stuck to the glass keeping an eye on the boat heading up the bay very slowly and what was it like for you to leave the island? Because you did leave it for a few years. You went abroad. You came up to Dublin. What did you? What did you end up um, doing? What um, drew you? Well, um, I left. I left in I think t- two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. I suppose I had done I, 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 since I took the place over after my mum passed away um, in ninety nine. I, I had done a number of different business plans to try and renovate it as a hotel and, um, you know, uh, tried to, to, to bring it up to modern times. And uh, none of the business plans worked out for one reason or another. You know, the, the figures just didn't add up. And uh, in 2008, my final business plan didn't work. Uh, 2007, uh, it kind of fell through, uh, thankfully. Yeah, maybe perhaps, yeah, <laughs> just before the big crash. Yeah, I got out of that one with my uh, with the skin of my teeth. But anyway, I, I suppose I was frustrated then, and I just said, "Right, I need to do something else here." And uh, so I headed for college. I went back to college and studied quantity surveying down in Limerick, 
And um, I uh, got my qualifications and I headed to Dublin and I worked with uh, Davis Langdon. Later went into ACOM and uh, worked as a QS up there with the guys and had a, an amazing time and um, worked on some big projects and learned, learned so much. Uh, it, it was just awesome and I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it very much and I suppose I could have very easily stayed there um, uh, and progressed but I don't know, there was something in the back of my head all the time. Uh, the business was still there. Um, there was a, a young guy, uh, a local, Don Francis O'Malley, that was running the business at home as, as it was. And uh, I just had this thing that I wanted to, to try and do something with it. And uh, in 2011, I put a new business plan in place and uh, I got support from from Leader and, and from the bank, AIB at the time. And uh, I, I, I didn't think it was 2011. Nobody was giving money to anybody for anything. And it was like, uh, it was still in the, the thick of, of all the, the depression. And uh, I, I was sitting in my office one day in Dublin and uh, I got an email to say that you have been approved on uh, your funding. And, uh, you know, uh, it's all system. And to be honest, that was just like a box in the face. I didn't yeah, know what yeah, yeah. to uh, I mean, what is... Yeah, this is the bar inside. This is obviously a bit of a smog. Yeah. What is the lure of the island that keeps bringing people back, Carl? Is it something you can put your finger on? Is it something that you can identify clearly, or it's just um, the sense of home is so strong? Well, I think for Irish people, the sense of home is strong for everybody, no matter where you are. I think um, that's one of the cool things about this country, you know. But I don't know, what is it about an island? Um, I, I mean, since I was a kid, uh, I've been running the boats with the brothers and the dad and uh, the ferries. And I don't know, does it, when, you, when you do it so many times, Jesus, if I had a penny for every time I've been in an Aruna on a boat, I'd be a millionaire. But uh, I don't know, it's when people are hopping on the boat, um, you know, you're taking their hand, you're bringing them on board and uh, the boat, turns and uh you know you, you kind of you, you look at people and their their face it's they, they their face is into the atlantic they're getting salt in their face and you just see their eyes close and and it's kind of i don't know it, you're they're going someplace they're leaving something and uh, it's that sense of getting away and leaving all your troubles behind i don't know i islands are are, are are special places they're a special place for me and i think they are for people that actively go there on, on holidays uh, and i think when you're when you're when you're when you're in a rush or when you're in a place uh, that you're not too happy with i think people's mind uh, would, would go to an island uh, uh, for, yeah. for 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 that so tranquil moment i don't this is um, the ferry or the dolphin, um, and this is the original boat that yeah. you used to take uh, passengers between uh, the island and the mainland, and it's called the dolphin. And I think it was launched initially in 1968. 68, you got it, yeah. Yeah, so there it is there in better days. In better days, yeah. That's probably not far after, uh, after she was launched. Huge, you know, history um, behind that boat. Um, she was the first purpose-built ferry to the island. My dad built her uh, w with the O'Malley's down in Curran, uh, John and Tom O'Malley, uh, who were the local boat rights in Clue Bay uh, at the time. And uh, they were working with their dad. And um, 
Uh, it was the biggest boat they had ever built. And uh, I think when she landed on Clare Island, and my granddad said to my dad, you'll never keep that boat here in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look at the winter. I mean, the winter can be yeah. pretty rough there, we can see. Yeah, the, winter, the winters can be pretty rough. But, I mean, uh, so I presume that's that's where the, the, the boat just doesn't go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what you call a swell. <laughs> heavy, heavy swell. But um, yeah, the dolphin is, uh, you know, she, she carried... Um, she carried everything uh, from animals to, to houses. And as kids, we'd be like a chain gang with uh, if somebody was getting a house built block by block by block, uh, plank by plank uh, onto that boat in and out the bay until you got it all across. Um, animals tied their feet, rolled them on. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't look that big, uh, Carl, in fairness. It no, looks pretty small. No, it's uh, 36 foot. Uh, okay. But she's built, she's built of good stuff, though. That's That picture was actually just after myself and my wife because we sold her in 1968 when my dad bought a, the Pirate Queen, a big, big purpose-built uh, passenger boat, a 100-passenger boat, and she can carry 20 ton on, on her. You know, uh, so the Dolphin was, was a surplus to requirements. So with a heavy heart, we sold her uh, to a fisherman up in Belmullet and uh, he worked her for many years. But then uh, she fell into disrepair and she sunk at the pier and... Uh, when my wife and I were on holidays up there in in, in Belmont at one time, we we just pulled in there um, to the harbour, and I just literally the water was up to just under her her um, uh, cabin, and I looked at it and I knew straight away. I said, "That's the dolphin." You recognised it, yeah? Oh, just Jesus, me. I recognise less on it. Uh, you know uh, the, the amount of blood and sweat that went into that boat. But um, yeah, it was an amazing uh, find, and uh, that's kind of where the whole Clare Island whiskey dream uh, started. Um, Is that dragging uh, her back now to the island? Yeah, um, we got we got some local help up in Belmullet, and we brought her uh, back to the island in 2015, and uh, pulled her up onto the slipway uh, there. And spent two years working on her, bringing her back to life. But more importantly, brought the man that built her, uh, old John O'Malley from Curran. That's the day she was launched. Uh, that's old John. That's my dad, Chris, there on, on the very right with the hat. Uh, right. The decap. And uh, there's John leaning down, uh, giving his guidance. And, and John Dara, his son there, uh, helping uh, helping out. But uh, it, it was great. I actually, when, when I brought her back, uh, I, I, I rang John and I said to him, I told him what I was doing and uh, uh, he was like, oh, Jesus, no. Like his hands are from all the work. Are, they're gone in on themselves with arthritis. And uh, yeah. so it took a bit of convincing. But um, once he kind of bought into the story and the, the idea about what we were doing, he, I couldn't keep him away in the end. He was mad to be involved. So himself and the son, John Derek, came up throughout the summer in 2016 and uh, helped us uh, make her safe and make her seaworthy again. Yeah, um, she's in a bad way there. The, lots of work. We brought her back to the original timber. But in, remarkably, uh, believe it or not, the, the, her time sunk at the pier in Belmont full of mud is what saved her. Uh, if she okay. was up in the dry, uh, it, it would have, uh, it's kind of, a, it's mad to think, but that's that's really why, why she was, the timber is as good as, as it is. It's, it's quite incredible. Uh, she yeah. was built of amazing, amazing workmanship and just amazing timber. Really, it's 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 a credit to the the O'Malley's for the. What compelled you to buy her again? 
Um, well, it took took quite some time actually to get her. Would you believe it? Um, but I did with, with the help of a couple of lads down in in Mullet, we, we got her. But it was the just the the, the love and the you know nostalgia. I couldn't bear, I couldn't bear to see her where she was, and um, it's just such a part of of, of Clare Island's heritage and our, its history. Um, I think everybody on Clare Island, you know, or the older generation, the younger, the younger ones wouldn't know, uh, wouldn't remember her, but um, the older ones de- do, and they were, they were, we were very excited to see her coming back, and I think, you know, every time they, they're happy to see her on the bay now, you know, they do say that to me, and uh, it's lovely to see her back, and uh, many a stormy night they've brought, uh, she's brought people in and out. And uh, to hospital, uh, babies born in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So lots yeah. of uh, lots of uh, memories, and so it was uh, it was a privilege to to bring her back. And that's the day that we uh, we uh, put the cask, actually our first cask, on board. Uh, the whole yeah. community came up, came out, and we had a bit of a bit of a gathering for it. It was a great day. A big crowd, yeah, a big crowd. Yeah, you know, big everyone crowd. was very excited uh, to, to to see it happen, and uh, you know, they're they're all all always uh, keeping a watchful eye on eye on it. They're my uh, my CCTV is uh, the Clare Island community. You won't get away with much the way the shape of the. Uh, the, the Everything's on. Everybody's looking down on it, so <laughs> it's quite safe. But it's unique. It's an incredible story of uh, bringing part of the the island's history back home and making it a part of everyday life now. And you, you were telling me about these coins. Um, you, you call them keel coins, or yeah, something like that. Um, well, I, I suppose uh, it, it came about um, every boat, um, every new boat that's uh, built, to my knowledge. Um, lay a, a coin in the keel uh, just that when they're laying the keel of, of the boat the first part of the boat you build they put a coin into it for good luck and uh, we um, have taken that idea and and brought it into our our, our brand and our, our story and uh, so we minted our own coin and uh, the year 1968 is when she was built uh, obviously the name of the company uh, the name of the boat and then uh, the beast uh, that we've taken from the, the abbey, the ceiling of the abbey as our logo and the first anchorage. So um, the idea for people that, that buy the uh, first release, um, uh, they'll receive a coin uh, in the post uh, that will act as their, uh, their rite of passage to Clare Island when they're coming to partake in the experience, uh, which uh, you have to buy uh, to... to um, uh, to get uh, a bottle of our uh, Clare Island single malt. Um, I mean, I remember it, this this story at the very beginning when you signed this cask and you decided to take part in this adventure of taking a cask and putting it on a boat. A lot of a lot of time has passed since then. Well, three years, and the product is finally ready. But here you are signing the cask uh, before it went onto the dolphin. And this is a source, a source spirit from Connacht Distillery. So you kept everything in County Mayo, yeah. And it's yeah. a a bourbon cask, yeah. And you put single malt in in there. Um, it's been on a many a trip since then. So yeah, um, I think this is the day you put it into the 
the boat. That's right. Well, that's actually just at the at the Connacht Distillery. The day we, we just put it into the trailer, I think it's right. the first. It was the first uh, cask to leave the distillery. Um, you know, we, we've been uh, very um, very lucky. Uh, I suppose when we started this adventure, the the two things that um, I had in my head, uh, however mad it was at the time, but um, was whatever I did, it has to, it had to be it had to be Mayo through and through. And it had to source the the spirit in, in Mayo, uh, and it had to be obviously matured in Mayo. And uh, for me, that was very important. Um, obviously, I could have gone to the big distilleries and got uh, spirit, uh, you know, um, at a at a cheaper price. Uh, but that's not what we wanted. We wanted something that was very unique to, uh, to County Mayo, a very very. Um, so I was delighted. I, I went up. Uh, actually, it was a girl, Rachel Nolan. You probably know Rachel. Um, yes. Who introduced me to the distillery at the time? She brought me up there, and uh, I met Rob Casal, uh, who uh, was the master distiller. And uh, I read up a lot about him and about the about what he had achieved over in the U.S. And um, I suppose um, on foot of that and meeting him up in the distillery and meeting Dave Stapleton up there, uh, I, I said, yeah, these are the guys I want to work with. And uh, I, I was, you know, got a lot of support from them uh, to date. And uh, it's been a great collaboration, but very much so very proud that it's a, a male spirit. And um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you have kept it very local and you've kept it very true to its origins, but how on earth did you come up with the idea of getting a cask and putting it on your boat? Um, well, uh, I, uh, I suppose it, it started uh, all with a conversation with my cousin Paul uh, Moran in the States. Uh, he was home, or I can't remember, we might have been on the phone or something, uh, and he was telling me about Jefferson um, matured at sea. Uh, yeah. spirit uh, bourbon and uh, I, I I don't know I just love the idea uh, about uh, of it and I read up about it and uh, you know read reviews uh, about it and uh, I suppose it just uh, sparked a little flame somewhere uh, inside and uh, and then I uh, just kept kept going with it uh, until uh, the dolphin came around and things just things just happen do you know sometimes yeah. um things just fall into place and uh, I suppose you, you, you spark a light over here and next thing it joins something else over here and uh, next thing the whole thing just started and uh, so um, that's, that's the origins of it, yeah. All gained momentum from there. Are, wow. I mean, are you, are you a big whiskey fan? I am, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I grew up in a, a pub uh, so I suppose... I've been serving it since I was a nipper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose when we grew up, it was all Powers, Jameson, and um, uh, Paddy. You know, uh, the, the, the old, the old guys, uh, the old characters. That's what they drank. And the top shelf was Middleton, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, my uncle Jackie used to love Black Bush, and uh, so yeah, and nipping away at those uh, over the years when I was young. Um, yeah. But then I suppose um, later on, kind of through conversations with you know Connor, Connor Ryan, and and uh, who, who you also know, I think, and yeah. it was on your show actually recently. Connor and I were 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 in college together in Galway. We did uh, hotel and catering together. Yeah, um, but I suppose Connor is so um, 
Jesus, he's so passionate. He's 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 uh, he's infectious when you talk to him. And uh, I suppose I've learned learned, uh, a lot from Connor, and uh, I suppose took a bit of the bug off him. And um, I suppose that's that's kind of where it all it all came from. Yeah. And that's that's the cask sitting sideways, if you like, on the in the uh, boat. So obviously that's just for stability purposes more than anything. Yeah, well, there was a lot of debate about which way we should do it, obviously. But, I mean, when she's at anchor, the boat can, it depends which way the wind. If the wind is in from the east, uh, she can roll pretty serious, you know. Uh, uh, you can get some, you know, violent uh, pitching. And uh, so the idea to keep the, the cask on its flat uh, with the lowest center of gravity was kind of the way we went with it. Uh, that's the old engine mount uh, where the engine used to be and. uh uh, but she, I actually have her up out of the water at the moment now. We're getting her ready to take extra more casks uh, next month. So um, yeah, that was that was the day we, we we put down the first. That's David there on the right, David Stapleton and, and Paul. There's water always underneath. There's there's always a bit of water leaking in uh, from in the old timber planking. So there's salt water under under the cask all the time. And yeah. uh, it's an unusual environment, you know, because when you also have the cooling effect of the um, of the sea in, in the in the in the warmer and the hot in the summertime. Under you, you radiate the cold water from the sea, uh, twelve degrees, thirteen degrees, uh, even on hot days underneath the deck. But the salt air can be quite corrosive, and I don't know. You, you probably won't see it from the uh, image there, but we spent uh, a while. My wife is a surfer, and we spent quite some time working on a on an organic um, wax that we could coat the hoops of the uh, barrel uh, the, to prevent them from uh, obviously corroding and oh, yeah. Yeah. causing, you know, fatal, fatal uh, failure. So uh, that took, I think, about three or four different revisions. Uh, but we, we eventually got there and we have uh, our own little recipe now where we literally coat all the hoops of any of the casks going on and it's it's been it's been amazing it's it's basically beeswax and uh coconut oil and uh beeswax coconut oil tree sap and uh, there's actually um um tea in there as well because somebody told me to do it (laughs) you have a potentially money-making venture in in that alone absolutely yeah i might i might patent it now <laughs> yeah yeah well, what, what were the other challenges uh carl of having that on board did it get many knocks was there, was there much leakage was yeah. there well, balance on the boat affected yeah. at all or anything like that yeah i mean the you're always fighting against the sea i mean everybody that knows anything about boats and boat ownership is that uh, uh if you don't maintain a boat against the sea i mean the sea is your enemy uh in, in boat maintenance and boat, you know, it, it just corrodes ahead of it and uh, barnacles uh, grow uh, uh, unless you uh, keep the bottom of the boat antifiled and they can eat into the timber in this lady because she, she's timber. So there, there's huge challenges. Uh, obviously, you have to, my brothers, Alan and Brian, are, are great help uh, in the summers with the big ferries. They come in and they lift the anchors for me. Uh, to um, to make sure they're they're secure, so we're always uh, up- upgrading those, uh, always uh, maintaining the boat, taking it out, painting it. Uh, so you're you're kind of always fighting against the elements to make sure that uh, she she's there to the, the morning when you wake up and look out. <laughs> yeah, I mean the three years have passed, and this is the result. 
Yeah, you know, well, nearly four years. Where she, she's nearly she, four years. Be four years in June, but I, we obviously we haven't bottled yet. Yeah. Um, so we're holding out till the the very end, of course, to give us as, as much time in the cask as possible. But um, yeah, that's um, stunning uh, bottle, absolutely stunning yeah. and unique. It's it's been a it's been a, a one hell of a journey, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, I can't tell you the the work that's gone into the um, into the into the the packaging alone, uh, the box, uh, the team. Um, I mentioned to you before, uh, Alexander Dunlap, uh, who's a, a global brand consultant uh, for, you know, he's worked all his life with uh, Unilever. He has a house on Clare Island himself and his wife. And uh, uh, I know him uh, since I was a kid. Um, um, and uh, I suppose I, I went to Dublin when uh, he, his little office in Dublin, I went up to see him one time in 2017 after I kind of concocted this mad idea and um, I went into him and I, I said, I told him what I wanted to do, you know, and uh, I, I said, you know, there's just so much like, how do you bring something like this together? Because like we had the, the island, of course, we have the unique selling point of the spirit, uh, the boatmanship, uh, you know, building the boat, all of these different parts of the brand and the story that, were there, but you know, not knowing what to use and what way to go forward. But uh, thankfully, um, Sandy uh, says to me, you know, you can use it all, but you have to do it in a certain way. And he, we started a journey together, um, building uh, our our brand and our story. Um, that's just been incredible, and and uh, I have to say, it's just been uh, such a joy. Uh, last three four years building it and and uh, himself and uh, he has a another incredible guy called Bill Felton uh, who was uh, one of Ireland's top creatives uh, in his day well it retired uh, totally retired but bought into what we're doing and uh, the story ever since the the start and he has also been a a massive massive part of of creating what you see in front of you and uh, and then Stuart Sandy's son as well, who's now over in Australia uh, working on, on on helping to to create this. It's a long story to to just this picture, but it's 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 been an incredible journey uh, and uh, with with uh, people that I just could never repay. Um, you not- can't help but uh, you can't help but be drawn into this story, uh, Carl. At all, we'll talk about that in a sec. But just a quick question there from from Dermot and asking about um, the angel share. Uh, presumably the angel share loss would have been higher at sea with all the agitation or yeah. was it normal what you expected? Uh, we haven't, uh, I don't know yet uh, because uh, I won't know until I get it back to the distillery. Uh, right. We're, we're bringing it back to Connacht uh, probably in April and uh, that um, uh, we'll know then. Uh, obviously, uh, we, you know, we, we've taken samples and we, we've uh, dip it but you can't be sure yeah you would expect the angel share uh, to be higher but you know we'll, we'll just have to wait and see um, so you don't know how many bottles you'll be getting out of this yet not yet no not no, yet no, 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 not no. yet well like i said it's an incredible story and the branding around it has been fascinating fascinating because none of it's contrived i mean there are genuine links to every element of it and that's oh, from yeah. Refining the boat to to the island itself to the monastery that's there to yeah. every element of it and 
at the core of the boat's uh, journeys. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it really has, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's why it's just been, I suppose, it's been such a creative uh, experience uh, working with, with the guys and uh, uh, Mr. and Stevens in, in Dublin as well. I mean, these guys have helped uh, the brand, all the stuff is there, uh, you know, has always been there. What Clare Island Whiskey has done, uh, our spirit uh, has done, is, is, is give us an opportunity to, to tell it uh, in, a, in a way that uh, I think justifies the story. I mean, it, it really is. It's incredible the links that have, have been created, that, uh, you know, throughout this process. I mean, it's just been an incredible journey, really. And I, that's, you know, this is the thing. Uh, we're at a point after four years where you don't know whether you're making the right decisions. You don't know um, uh, if, if you're right or wrong. It, it's, uh, I suppose, four years of labor looking at the, the same things. And and, uh, and then you get to a point like now, like today, where we uh, show it to the world. And it's like uh, running out into the street naked, you know, you <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. I know. We, we kind of talk about the maiden voyage, but I mean, you've been on this journey now for a while, and there will yeah. be more journeys to come, and, and hopefully, people will will come to the island and get to experience it. Tell us a little bit about the bottle design, because it's very unusual. Yeah. Um, well, that was um, years of uh, searching. It was a year, two years searching for a bottle. I mean, I've. You'll see in the background there, I was going with um, blue and uh, I was getting stuff. I even had a, a crock uh, bottle crafted uh, in, in uh, you know, uh, but it was just a journey, a roller coaster, hundreds of hours uh, on the on searching through every uh, booklet we could find and uh, just, uh, yeah, a long, long process and eventually uh, I, this came across my eye and uh, it just, I knew straight away. Uh, the bottle is, you can see the base. It's like, um, it's like an island in the distance. It's like a wave. It's, uh, you know, you can take from it what you want. Uh, for me, uh, it, it's a wave. It's an island. The, the, so, and there's no straight edges to it. It's, it's just so organic. It's like a beach yeah. stone. It's like... Um, it's it's a very organic uh, feel to it, um, and um, the uh, I suppose the the the, the labelling and print on it, uh, you know, we're, we're delighted with too. We worked with uh, Connor and Siobhan uh, Stevens on that, and um, you know, I think they did beautiful work. Uh, they created this brand identity for us, which which was again a wonderful process and a very creative process and. It acts as our, our guidelines for going forward. So delighted with that. But then the box, the box, uh, I'm I'm super proud of. I suppose uh, it's 100% uh, recycled timber. There is there is no new timber on it except uh, the cork. Uh, the cork is is uh, obviously new. Uh, but the 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 base uh, timber that is only a sample because I actually have. You probably, if anyone sees the my videos. On uh, social media, we uh, I got these huge timber beams from the pier in Westport. They'd be there since I think the 1900s, early 1900s, 
and uh, my brother actually Brian was given one uh, or a few of them and I brought them away and got them cut so the timber on the base where the wave is is going to be made from from that timber uh, oh, we're just drying drying it out at the moment so it's got great history to it uh, there's a wonderful story and we'll have a little booklet when we when we come when we go to release we'll have a little booklet there uh, that will tell all of that, uh, that that kind of story. But each of the panels then, I suppose, I went into the, the workshed here at the side of the house and when I had the bottle, I created the base and then uh, I was working with it for ages and looking at it. And then uh, the idea of being able to tell the story of our brand uh, in the box just came to life and uh, the four panels just naturally happened. But then uh, the filling of the mouth uh, in terms of the crafting of the, the wording uh, has been uh, really the work of the team and, and Bill and Connor, and uh, which has just been amazing. The first, the first uh, panel is about the island. It's the call to adventure. And uh, it's a call into the wild Atlantic. Um, you know, we all have a storm inside uh, of, of sorts and uh, we all, uh, you know, aspire to, to be able to get away and I think an island offers that opportunity for people. The second panel is our provenance. It's about the boat. It's about the spirit. Uh, it's the spirit of the sea. Uh, it is what it is. And then the third panel, uh, Tall Tales and High Seas, is really about the people, the, the community, the, uh, the men of the sea, the stories uh, of the sea, which are quite powerful. There's nothing, you know, more, I think, imaginative than, than being able to sit in a, a small bar uh, on Clare Island or any island or any place and talk to an old man of the sea and listen to their wisdoms and their stories. Um, you know, uh, you know, the sayings that you'll hear from those characters uh, is, 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 you know, one off. You, you won't hear them too many places because they, they've people that have lived through, you know, dangerous situations and uh, come out the other side. Um, and then the last panel then is about, um, the secret code. It's about the Abbey. It's about, um, uh, you know, uh, I suppose your journey to the island, the experience that, that we're offering people to come and uh, take with us. Uh, we want to take you on a journey into the wild Atlantic and uh, you might, uh, you just might find the secret code. <laughs> you might do. I mean, it is a beautiful presentation. I commend you, really, that you and the team have done a fantastic job on that. And uh, yeah. like I say, it's not a contrived story. It's just bringing it together. And what do, what do the locals on the island think of all of this, Carl? Well, I think they're probably, um, they're probably, I, 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 I'd say it's been going on so long. And even for, <laughs> I looked because uh, we registered the website or we, you know, uh, Siobhan was working on the website and she needed the domain. I went back and I checked. I had to give her the domain uh, and I, I looked. It was June 2014 when I registered the domain. So, I mean, literally it's been going on that long. I think people are just uh, passive uh, when it comes to it now. But I think um, going forward, uh, you know, uh, we have a 10-year business plan from this point uh, forward we want uh, you know what we set out to achieve um, with this whole project was you know uh, I suppose I don't know living on an island you know it has all sorts of disadvantages and uh, um, I, I, I just had this 
feeling that in some way that we could turn those advantages into our advantages and turn it into a, a product, turn, turn the, turn it into an experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, if we can achieve what we set out to achieve uh, from a commercial point of view, uh, we will have our own distillery. We'll have our own bonded warehouse uh, next year, please God. And we will have our own distillery in 2025 and uh, making our own uh, spirit on Clare Island. And uh, hopefully that will you know, bring back to the community jobs. Um, certainly the in the long term, more sustainable jobs in the short term, uh, very much seasonal jobs with the tourism uh, aspect of the experience, uh, you know, will be positive for the island. And yeah, so I think in time, uh, hopefully they, they, they will be quite uh, positive towards it at the moment. I'm sure they're quite passive because uh, I've been flaking around this thing for so, so long now. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember we talked about this over three years ago now, and it's actually amazing, amazing to see it come to, to fruition. Thank you. And, and today's another another milestone has been hit as well, and I suppose one of the big things that we wanted to discuss was the release that you're launching something new as well today. So do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about that, and I'll, I'll bring it up now when... Uh, Obviously, um, you know, uh, I've been on this journey and of learning uh, very much in terms of the industry, huge learning uh, and, and every day is, is, is a new experience and a new learning for me. Uh, but I, I think the uh, the podcasts that you've run for the last while, have uh, uh, 35 of them have been hugely uh, informative for me. Uh, I'm not the best reader in the world. I think I'm a little bit dyslexic. <laughs> I don't like reading, but I love listening. And uh, I've listened a lot to all of the, the different characters that you've had on uh, from the likes of John Teeling, um, you know, he's like the old granddaddy of, of the, the industry and, you know, uh, loved obviously listening to Ryan, the, the brain and, and uh, David Broom, uh, I thought was a, an incredible, uh, insightful experience on, on the Scottish industry and its comparisons, but all, all of that. Uh, and then I said, well, how am I going to launch this product and this brand and this experience and website? And it just came that I, I would ask you to do it because I suppose it, it, it has been a part of, of getting to where I am. And uh, it gives us obviously a platform to do so. So I'm, I'm very thankful to you for that. And uh, so today I am officially launching our website and I'm officially launching our brand and I, I'm doing it live here on the Irish Whiskey Magazine uh, podcast. And uh, I'm very thankful to you for facilitating that, uh, Sergius. Well, look, Carl, I, like it's such an engaging story. It's such an immersive story. It, it's a romantic story and it's a story of struggle and success and I can't wish you any more good wishes. I mean, I, I just, I'm blown away by the whole thing. Really, I'm blown away. I, I know, and I've seen the amount of work you've put in over the last while. And, you know, if there's any case for a, a homegrown product getting success, it, it's yours. And I, I really, I, I am blown away. And I'm super privileged that you allowed us. You gave us the honor of actually sharing this experience with you. And uh, 
Look, I mean, the website is there. It's live. But uh, I think probably this is, this probably requires a toast. Absolutely. It's and you does. very kindly sent me. Now, I've got something that I'm super excited to have, and that's uh, a cask, a sample from the cask itself. So this is cask strength at around 50-something percent, you were saying. So Yeah, um, 57, 58 percent. Yeah. And I, I nosed it earlier. Although you certainly filled it to the top, this small bottle. I mean, there's not much, not much room left, but uh, uh, it will certainly. And I had a snip of it earlier, and it, it just, it, it, I was shocked at how much flavor is there for such a small, short period of time. So well, that's, that's what we, uh, I suppose, what we set out to do, um, Sergio, uh, in terms of the the spirit is uh, we we set out to. Uh, create a taste of the sea and um, if um, that is what I read uh, in the, the the posts and the the, the, the people's opinions on it uh, in, in time that that's a, that's my measure of success um, it, you know we didn't set out to create uh, Redbreast 12 this this is a, a very pointed exercise to create a, a taste of the sea and um, you know I hope uh, well, I'll just leave that to you. <laughs> well, look, let's uh, raise a toast. Firstly, to the Cheers. launch of the product, and secondly, to the website and health and success with this project. I really, uh, I really enchanted by it. So let's see if the whiskey lives up to it now. Go for it. I'm going to stay mute now, and you can take over. Well, look, I mean, the first thing I get on the on the nose is uh, honey and honeysuckle, and very floral notes as well, and. Surprisingly, I don't get what I would have thought would have been a big woof of the sea, but I do get very subtle tones of it. There's a saltiness and a bit of a brine there in the on the nose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the color is actually you know it's picked up a quite a bit of color for for the it period has. as well. You know, it's yeah. almost a luminescent as well. Yeah, it has. Uh, I mean, that, that's uh, I suppose another thing uh, uh, in terms of. The uh, agitation against the cask, the constant agitation uh, against the cask, uh, it, it, you know, it will pick up a deeper uh, maturation. That's, uh, you know, that's what we have seen. Yeah. And, yeah. And I get uh, a lot of green fruits off this as well. Definitely, you know, green apples. Mm. So on the tongue, very, very peppery. Uh, very creamy. Mm. Sweet, and there is that back note of brine for sure. Yeah, you know, you definitely get sea air, and actually, you get sea air more than sea water, and and some elements of seaweed as well. So, it's it's well past a three year whiskey in terms of you know, obviously, the agitation has had a huge effect on this. So, mm. so Slauncha, cheers, sir. Yes, here's to uh, Clare Island. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I need I, I need to uh, obviously talk about it also has been the the well the experience, but also the spirit itself. We haven't been allowed. Um, I suppose one of the main challenges that we had through this process was you know we've we've done something that's completely um, left field, you know, and uh, we set out obviously to create a whiskey, but through the uh, during the process we applied to the HSE for for Irish whiskey accreditation uh, through the GI 
And um, we were refused on the basis that it was um, that we did the, the spirit wasn't in a bonded warehouse. I, um, I suppose I ran on the basis uh, from the start, not knowing, obviously knowing that the, the, I wasn't allowed to call it an Irish whiskey, but I, I assumed that I would have been allowed to call it a whiskey because of the European classification for whiskey, which is obviously just three years maturation and there's no reference to a bond. But um, uh, the Department of Agriculture disallowed that. And uh, so I suppose we, we went through a very long process of trying to uh, find its identity, uh, which was a huge stress, I suppose, as you can imagine. We had done all this work, you know, all this creativity and not knowing who we were uh, or what we were uh, was was a, a bit of a, a challenge. And uh, um, but, you know, I. It took 11 months working with the department and uh, uh, the HSE and the Department of Agri um, to come uh, to our final name, which is obviously Clare Island Single Malt Spirit Drink Barrel Aged at Sea. And um, that's where we stand today. A lot of a lot of <laughs> 11 months of, of, of work. I know and we talked about this. Uh, we talked about this, Carl. And, and actually, uh, I still think you have a case for calling a whiskey. But on the other side... I actually think it adds to it by not calling it a whiskey in a sense. You know, there's a there's a talking point there as well and a, and a bit of discussion. It, it, in my eyes, it's a whiskey. I mean, the technical terms of it not being stored in a bonded warehouse to me is yeah. irrelevant anyway. And to most people that would be interested in whiskey and have some knowledge of whiskey, uh, I don't think they're going to be taken aback mm. by that. And, you know, it's a, and in a funny way, it's a differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, it, we are we are who we are. I mean, uh, we we set out to do something, and uh, I feel we've achieved it, and uh, and that's that's what matters uh, to us. And uh, I think if people buy into to to what we've done, um, you know, I, I really don't think that it's a, it's an issue. You know, no, I, I certainly don't. Think, it certainly tastes like a. Tastes like a whiskey, drinks like a whiskey, looks like a whiskey, then it's a whiskey. <laughs> so, so, but the story behind this, Carl, is you can't just go and buy this and buy it in a shop. No, no. Tell us about no. the process and what's involved. And this is the part that I found fascinating and, and what I think is fantastic for the island. So, yeah. Take it away um, there. Well, uh, I suppose, uh, you know, it, it happened uh, again quite organically with the team. Um, you know, working through the brand, uh, the, the brand development and, and uh, creating, you know, the heart and soul of Clare Island whiskey. And uh, um, I suppose what is what is whiskey? What is, you know, I heard you asking David Broom, you know, what is it about whiskey that kind of brings people to it? You know, uh, and I, I don't think he had an answer for you. I, I'm not even going to try and answer, but it's the question, isn't it? What is it about yeah. a whiskey? What is it about an island? I, I, I'm probably better qualified than David to answer that question. I think I've done a bit earlier on, um, you know, and I suppose we, we, what we do uh, as boatmen and as um, tourism operators on the island, it just lent itself to, to this. And uh, what we want is we want people to become our brand ambassadors, uh, for Clare Island whiskey and uh, to come and to experience the island uh, for what it is, the, the culture, the people, the community, the, the, the history, the myth, 
you know, uh, and everything that's there uh, in abundance. And what we've done is we've crafted an experience like um, no other, really, uh, on a national level. I can't talk uh, outside of that. So the idea is that you come to Clare Island, uh, you take your trip, you leave your car uh, behind on Runa Pier, and you leave your troubles behind, and you you turn off your phone and you come with us on an adventure. And we we carry you through a story, we carry you through... Um, food, music, entertainment, uh, scenery, Grace O'Malley, Grony Whale, the Irish myth and legend of uh, of two thousand years worth of stories, and uh, and and, and uh, we send you back to the mainland with your box, your sea chest, as we call it, and your your coin as a reminder of your experience. So. Are we a whiskey or are we a spirit or are we an experience is a question that's come up quite a lot. We, we are a, a, a spirit drink. We are a Clare Island single malt. That's what we started out to create and that's who we and what we are for now. Uh, we will be uh, obviously bringing more things on down the road. But the, the, the experience is, I suppose, uh, our, your opportunity to come and see our brand and to see our home and to take it with you. And I think um, the, the box and the bottle is a reminder of that experience when you leave Clare Island. And uh, I suppose we only have 300 roughly. We'll see what it is, what it comes out in the end after the angel has her has her tipple. And, um, uh, you know, so we'll be spreading that over every Sunday from when the season starts to the end of the season. Every Sunday we'll be running the experience, uh, which takes in what I've just explained and uh, you you buy your experience uh, on the particular Sunday that you want, and uh, that's it. You get to kind of uh, check in on the island. You log in, or you you, you sign into the the, the book, uh, and then you head off with your your box and your bottle. So, it's yeah, it's very different. It's you know, it's not been done before that I know of. I hope that people will see it for what it is, and just be open to it, and uh, hopefully down the road it'll <laughs> prove to have been the right decision yeah, uh, yeah yeah but i mean talk about a gift talk about giving a gift to the island you know uh, it, apart from just creating a spirit and selling a spirit I, I love the way that it's intertwined with coming to visit the island take part in visiting and touring all the historic sites and uh, being Absolutely. part of the experience so, i mean this is experiential tourism to the extreme and done I think so. Excellently. I think so. Well, I hope so. I mean, yeah, well, you know, proof is always in the pudding. Uh, so uh, it's always post-event uh, that we'll be uh, looking forward to hearing the, um, the, the result. But, I mean, uh, for the last number of years, uh, I've had a cruise ship come to the island to me, uh, uh, to the island for uh, in May for a number of years. And uh, they're quite a quite a small cruise ship, about 250 people. And I suppose this was one of the things that led me to the idea of the experience as well, that we, we I bring them through this kind of, uh, st- this journey of time uh, that the island facilitates, you know, um, from 
5,000 year old uh, f- uh, full of defaced Stone Age cooking sites and megalithic tombs to uh, the famine and the famine is just scattered all around you on Clare Island the lazy beds and the famine yeah. houses the, you know all of this stuff this history is just literally flowing off the off the landscape and uh, you know, I, I carry these guys through this uh, story of, of time, and uh, at the end of it, they're they're so captivated by it, and most importantly, the the community bought into bought into those experiences and came to the to the bar and did their the cultural events that they do uh, through their their the the shanos or through the sorry, no, it's gone. The word has gone from my head, but uh, it, the local cultural arts, and mm-hmm. um, they uh, you know. And then the food offering as well. We do a taste of Clue Bay for them. And they were just blown away from it. I was getting emails and letters from Australia and from America with people after they'd left and they had said, you know, that it was the highlight of their entire cruise. And I was just like blown away by this. And uh, But it mostly because of the community involvement and the kids playing music and dancing and singing and doing what they do. You know, yeah. uh, nothing out of the ordinary for them, but for people coming to experience it, from the far side of the world that have no idea of these things. It's, it's quite powerful, you know, and actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, looking at, looking at the people that are on here, the vast majority are from abroad, you know, so you've got people from Australia, from Canada, from, from Newfoundland. It's wow. the first, yeah. From Belgium, wow. from Italy. It's, it's just a lot from the States, Norway. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. so look, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think it's obviously tugged at heartstrings as well, the story, but it, it is phenomenal. I mean, if somebody wants to get the experience that comes, so you buy the experience, you don't buy the bottle. So to get no. the, to to actually take the experience, and how do they go about, do they sign up on your website? Yeah, uh, um, we will be going, the website's just gone live uh, today on your show and uh, the experience will be on sale from the 1st of March. And, it, you know, the, each, obviously we have a bottle numbering system and um, the the bottles will be starting at number 12. Um, the, the first ones belong to the team and um, everyone that's created this, this, this thing. And, uh, uh, so from 12 to to wherever we finish at, uh, we'll be going on sale from the 1st of March on our website. And it's on a first come, first serve basis. Hopefully, hopefully so we'll smell a few. Yeah. So, so they do have to come to the island. And uh, I had one question there from Shamini. Hi, Shamini from Norway. She was asking, is, uh, is the wheelchair accessible, the island? It is indeed, yeah. It is indeed. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So Shamini is a huge whiskey, Irish whiskey fan and fan of Ireland. So well, we need three different ones. In terms of the ferry, we just need to make contact with us and uh, we'd just be ready. But absolutely, yeah. What's your vision for the future, Carl, then with this? Obviously, this is the first release and it, it's uh, uh, only the start. But where do you see it going? Just, uh, you know, uh, to create our own uh, small distillery, um, to get into export, to learn as we go. Uh, you know, it really just started with uh, an idea and a, a dream. And literally, we've just about got to the point where we can test it and let people know what we've been doing for the last number of years uh, going forward. 
absolutely uh you know working uh with uh, the team and working with uh you know uh, connacht uh, and uh connor ryan and you know trying to come up with uh other i have a couple of one or two of course crazy ideas um that I won't tell you about for now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not okay. looking at two crazy ones, but yeah. uh, uh, we'll have, uh, they'll be probably lower key uh, stuff, uh, something similar to what we're doing. But um, yeah, going forward, obviously we're going to be looking terroir. Terroir, yeah. Terroir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously learning as I go, but uh, obviously uh, would love to to look into that in terms of the local agriculture Um and um, uh, build that into our design going forward and uh, and just enjoy it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have to say I've enjoyed this experience with the guys just so much. It has been just such a privilege and a pleasure to be working with the team uh, to create what we've done. Uh, I hope that people will will appreciate it and, and enjoy it too and uh Hopefully I can keep the team together and we can create something, uh, our next uh, adventure together. Uh, we'll please God be starting it soon enough and uh, see where it takes us, you yeah. know, to see. Where well, there's a, Tom Leak from New York has uh, visited Not the website Tom. and he's, yeah. uh, he's singing its praises and it is a beautiful website. It's really clear mm-hmm. and it really describes and gets to the essence of, of everything. Carl, I mean, how do you feel now that you've, actually got there and you've done it and you know i suppose the next stage is actually presenting bottles to people and getting them on the island has it been worth all the blood sweat and tears i know the answer but yeah of course i mean of course um, i mean jesus there's been so many knocks i mean christ we've been knocked so many times i mean when we were trying to find out who we were and our identity as a, as a, as a, as a product. Uh, I mean, there was lots of nights where you're, you're just kind of rolling in the bed. I, 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 I can't stress that enough. You know, that feeling when you're trying to, uh, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, I, again, uh, so happy, uh, that we've got to this point and, uh, I'm happy for, for my family. I, I hope that we can, you know, be happy with what we've created and, and happy with our, 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 our life going forward, whatever that might be. And uh, uh, looking forward so much to getting out of lockdown and getting back to hugging and kissing people and, and uh, having a, a beer and a pint in a packed pub when there's people spitting and farting all around you. And, um, you know, uh, never thought I'd be looking forward to something so much. <laughs> I know it's it's been really, yeah. but I, uh, you know, if there was ever a reason that I wanted lockdown to end quickly, um, you've just given me one, Carl. Uh, I mean, you must be you must be, and you should be incredibly proud. And I think the island community should be very proud, and and all those that that were involved in the project, because you know it, it is a phenomenal story. And the, you know, for 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 us, you know, this isn't the story that you could kind of script. These are the kind of grassroots stories that we we really love and, and why we wanted to to start the magazine and the podcast and you've given us the honor of actually helping you present this today so all i can do is wish you the very best of luck i have no doubt in my mind that it'll be a complete success if it's not i'll buy the all the trips myself and come every weekend several times for the next uh, six years or whatever it takes 
We'll definitely see you on the island this summer. Um, oh, the, yeah, there won't be anything keeping me back. So, look, congratulations. It's a fantastic achievement. And you, I'm so happy for you to see that it's actually come to, a, to an end. And just like it says, like Rose says, to have the vision that you had and actually see it through to fruition and uh, done so well and elegantly and to give back to the community is a real tribute to yourself and your family and all those involved. So thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. And just launcher. I just want to oh. also just uh, to thank, uh, obviously, um, the people that have, have supported us in terms of uh, we, we got some local supporting from the Mayo County Enterprise Board. Uh, Falsha Ireland uh, have also been a big support and uh, flags through BIM uh, Declan there was a great help as well and, and funding so um, yeah uh, we couldn't have done it without their help so we're delighted that uh, they, they saw uh, the potential uh, in, in us and uh, decided to, to give us a few quid and, and, uh, and the support we needed so yeah Well look I mean the, uh, we've never had so many well wishes of support uh, before Carl, so he obviously struck something really positive with people. Yeah. And we'll see you all on Clare Island very soon. Yeah. Carl, again, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thank all the very best of luck, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Wow. Well, that was ex- that was something extraordinary. Uh, what a privilege for Carl to share that experience with us. Uh, I'm, you know. Lost for words, because that is just such a phenomenal story. And we hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it and you want to watch more shows, uh, please subscribe to our channel or consider subscribing to our magazine to help us support you, bring you some more amazing, genuine, heartfelt stories like that. So in the meantime, stay safe. We have a great show lined up next week. We'll uh, announce that tomorrow. And uh, thank you all very much for joining. Take care.